Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The opinions expressed on this webmasterradio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of webmasterradio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Please welcome your CEO coach. Webmasterradio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. Now, here to get you started is your CEO coach, Jillian Musig. And welcome to CEO Coach on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jillian Music, your CEO coach, and I'm here today with Michael Clark, CFO of Virtual Subsidiary. We're in London, so talking to you from the Hyatt Regency in London called The Churchill. It's a wonderful hotel, and we're very gracious, uh, grateful for them for being gracious about giving us a room to record this. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. Okay, good to have you with us. So today we're talking about different tax issues. I was chatting with your CEO, Rob, just a few days ago, and he mentioned a few things about uh, tax issues in the UK that were somewhat similar to what we have in the States and then some that were different, and I thought... There's a radio show. Folks, if you're thinking about expanding beyond borders, not just U.S. to U.K., which is what we're going to talk about today, uh, it's a big issue, uh, this tax issue. It can trip you up in a heartbeat, and it can cost a fortune if you blow it. It's good to have some help. And again, thanks, Mike, for being here, because uh, we're hoping you can help us. Well, thank you for having me. 
tell us a few of the kinds of taxes that companies run into here in the UK, and I'll let you know if we have the same sorts of things going on in the States. Okay, well, should I just backtrack a little bit first, just spend a little bit of time talking about what Visa does as such, and it puts a little bit more context behind Absolutely. what we can, what we can talk about. Okay. So Virtual Subsidiary was set up a few years ago, um, six years ago, in fact, uh, with a view to helping U.S. companies in particular expand into the U.K. and Europe. And essentially what that means is that we run a series of salespeople working for separate clients who are there to actually grow the business for those clients. Okay, so you have the salespeople. They're working in your offices, and they help to grow the business for the U.S.-based, usually, companies into Europe and so on. But you serve other companies as well, uh, companies around the world. We do. So okay. it's, it's, it's primarily U.S. companies for sure, but there are other, um, other countries we do. So okay. Australian companies in particular actually has been the biggest one and some uh, Far Eastern ones as well. Very good. So Australia, Far East and U.S. And they tend to be wanting to come into Europe or they go into Europe and again into, I believe, Southeast Asia and Australia. They yes? do. So we run a similar company in Melbourne, in Australia mm-hmm. as well. It's a sister company of Virtual Subsidiary. And uh, the U.K. company specifically serves the U.K., of course, and also uh, Western Europe in the main. Okay. And the company- so U- U.S. to, U- oh, well, anywhere in the world to U.K. and Western Europe. Yes. Out of here. Okay. And from the office in Melbourne, that serves uh, Asia Pac, basically. Okay, so by Asia Pac, for those who aren't accustomed to the terminology, it really means Asia and Pacific. Uh, so any of the Pacific Islands, of course, and um, into Southeast Asia. Not China, though. It doesn't usually include China. Does your service include China? China is a, a particularly awkward one. Every customer we talk to, every client we talk to, asks about China, and nobody in the world has mastered how to sell into China. It's it's very much you've got to know local. Very much the case that you've got to know local people in China to actually get things going for you there. It's a okay. very difficult. It's a very different situation from how we actually how our model. So works. at this point, you don't have a partner in China uh, managing that sort of thing. Not specifically, no. But there are people we can go to if people have particular questions. There are people we can go to if there are people with particular questions about how to open up in China, and it very much depends on the product that you have as well as to who to go to. So very good. So if you do have questions about China, they can still contact you, and you have contacts inside China that are not necessarily part of your company, but folks you can refer them to for some questions. Sure, they're very very specific areas for whatever your type of product is. So let's talk about taxes. Tell us about some of the stuff you run into here in uh, UK, and let's see how that compares to some of the things we manage. Well, I can actually talk about the UK and Australia simultaneously, actually, because their tax structures and the uh, taxation programs from from the the two governments there are actually very similar. And the Australian tax regime is actually modelled on the UK one, and it's been going that way for the last 150 years anyway. So so when I talk about the UK today, which I'm specifically talking about, you can think of that in terms of Australia as well, and the same occurrences there. So specifically for the UK, the main three taxes that people run into, or the main three business taxes, are um, payroll taxes, as everyone would have Mm -hmm. everywhere, uh, corporation tax, which is the tax on company profits, mm-hmm. and also VAT, as it's called over here, which is a, an acronym which stands for Value Added Tax. And in the States, the equivalent tax there is sales tax. Okay. Okay. So in the States, for example, corporate taxes are different depending on the type of corporation we have. We can have S Corp, C Corp, uh, limited liability partnerships or corporations, uh, um, even sole proprietorships. All kinds of things are available. Do you have multiple incorporated states of companies here? There are. There's any number of options you could choose, although in all practical reality, everyone who comes over to the UK 
usually open with a limited company approach. The term limited company, what that means is the company is liable only to the, the debts of the company itself. The term limited means um, there's no obligation on the directors of the company or the owners of the company to pay outside more than the debts of the company itself. So the point is that there's a distinction between individuals who own a company and the company itself. Right, and that's what we have for C Corporation. Yes. In general, the limited liability corporation and limited liability partnerships were established to provide the same kind of protections for folks who were smaller, if you yes. will, um, and they would have, been, would have been before either an S-corp or a, a uh, sole proprietor. Mm. And now they have this option, this limited liability corporation. Mm. I have heard, and I am no way a tax accountant and no way attorney, so this is not legal okay. advice, folks listening, <laughs> and it's not tax advice, okay? But I have heard, even from attorneys, that they counsel me, really, C-Corp is the only thing in the States that's going to protect you. So um, it really is the only thing that separates the person from the company debts. Um, and you want one, actually, as a C-Corp, only when you really get profitable. So there's this balance in between. <laughs> right. right. So there are advantages and disadvantages. I get that. But there are very few companies that I'm aware of who have actually set up the, uh, the limited liability partnership, as it's called as well. Mm -hmm. uh, generally speaking, that's only for um, very high-level professional firms. Um, I could name a few, but who are very large international firms or there are lots of different partners who are trying to protect each other. Things that some partners might do within their organization. Well, that makes sense. So your form of LOP, if you will, this limited liability partnership, is designed to protect individual owners of the company. So perhaps thinking kind of like a board of directors, everybody has a piece of it. And if one of them should do something against the law or in somehow, you know, bad form, whatever it is, the others are protected from the debt of that one. Very much so. And okay. It was actually introduced in the UK by, uh, I think it's PwC, about half a dozen years ago or so. Um, and they were hit quite hard with some, I think it may have been there, Maybe a different company, actually, I'm sure. But there was an audit problem they had with a particular client. Um, with it, and then they, from that problem, they devised this. Yeah, there are all kinds of things one has to be concerned about when you have partners in a corporation, whether it's small or large. But for, okay. for, from an international expansion standpoint, though, it's, it's not something that companies would do because uh, it's very cumbersome to operate. It's, it's quite hard to actually open it up as well. I think you have to give some, some very clear justification to the inland revenue, as they're called in the UK, as to why you're doing it that way. And there are very heavy um, audit requirements as well uh, on those type of companies. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's quite difficult to actually prove from a tax point of view as well how much uh, profit has actually been made in those companies and how much, especially how much of tax they should actually pay on those profits. It's quite mm -hmm. cumbersome to manage. So that's okay. typically why companies don't tend to do that route if they, if they come and set up directly. That makes good sense. We're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we'll talk about things like deductions, another thorny issue in the tax uh, codes. What can one deduct? What can't one deduct? And how do you manage it? This is Jillian Music here today with Michael Clark from Virtual Subsidiary. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO coach right after this. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. 
Visit the Internet Marketing Ninjas booth at PubCon 2011 Vegas or visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is admedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. SES Chicago. Fly to the show and call me the code. Chicago Hyatt. Turn your search traffic into go. Let's go. Find out why SES is the leading search and social marketing conference and expo. Discover SES for yourself by going to SES Chicago 2011 from the Hyatt Regency in Chicago, November 14th through the 18th. SES Chicago 2011 will feature incredible breakout sessions on SEO paid search, advertising, plus you can take part in the Online Marketing Summit one-day social media summit on Monday, November 14th. SES Chicago 2011, November 14th through 18th at the Higher Regency in Chicago. Log on to searchenginestrategies.com and register today. Just getting your feet wet on the internet? Then dive into our stream, webmasterradio.fm. We're the coolest place around, webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. This is Jillian Musig, your CEO coach. I'm the president of SEO and Michael Clark at Virtual Subsidiary. He's the CFO at Virtual Subsidiary in London, UK. We're talking today about uh, thorny tax issues, differences between UK and uh, states, for example, on a number of different things, and how CFO, VCFO manages that for their clients all the way through Europe and then in other parts of, for example, Asia Pacific, and if they're bringing folks the other way around into the US. So what kind of things can you deduct here in uh, the UK? We, for example, deduct auto uh, expenses, home office expenses, things like that. What can you do here? Well, the short answer is that it's increasingly less that is actually deductible. Um, and I think all Western societies are actually trying to clamp down on these things um, to the point where it's actually becoming quite punishing. Uh, and it's very punishing if you're not aware of the specific rules and regulations in each jurisdiction as well. Uh, and it's very difficult actually for, for anybody, uh, and if it was in my case, to actually talk logically about taxation in the US because I'm not practicing that day in and day out. It's very difficult to be aware of every single last mm-hmm. rule. So there are certain things to be very aware of if you're coming over to the UK. And I talk about UK in the same breath as Australia here as well because the rules are very similar. Okay. But in particular, uh, travel expenses are usually, you have to, as I said, you have to be very careful. And, and such things, so if you're having travel expenses, you have to be careful about who you're seeing and this has to all be documented, why you're seeing them in particular. 
um, what the meeting was for and so on. And so you're talking about dining, for example, well, indeed, in particular. Indeed. So if, let's use a specific example. So if you take a series of customers out, let's say you take five customers out for a, for a, for a dinner meeting. Sure. Um, the four people who are actually with you as well, their expenses are deductible uh, from a certain point of view. The expenses that you incur yourself are actually taxable on you as an employee. Um, the taxes, uh, sorry, the cost of the other four people is not deductible on the company as well. So I think it's a little bit different in the states in that situation. So yes, it is. So, uh, when so, we go out, we would take five people out, and all five meals are deductible right. because they assume that if you were not doing that, you wouldn't be going out to dinner. Then you could head home. But if you're on business time, no. then. No, it's deductible. Client entertaining in the, in the UK and Australia is, is not deductible for corporation tax, which, okay. is, which is the tax. Well, entertainment, we actually separate. We have dining or meals and entertainment. Again, we can take 50% of that, not the total amount. We say, well, if you're going to eat, then you would have eaten something, right? So they give us 50% of that. <laughs> but And it's called meals and entertainment. Right. Entertainment, I think they're clamping down on, as you point out, kind of the, the negative sense of it. Uh, they don't want you taking people to the theater and to shows and who knows what, that sort of thing. Okay. But meals, I think we still understand that that's where business gets done. No, that's, that, uh, not that, so here in the UK. No, that's very much classified as client entertaining. Mm-hmm. And, and the tax rate on the is actually, it's between 20 and 30%, depending what your profits actually are. Okay, so, okay, so it, it's um, different in that they say you will actually pay tax mm-hmm. on the meal itself. So you can kind of deduct yes. the meal, but then pay the tax on that Absolutely. one piece. Yes, that's complicated. Oh boy. <laughs> well, indeed, and, and, and how anyone uh, outside of this uh, outside of this country who doesn't work here is, is supposed to be aware of that is a bit of a mystery to me. So. Oh, it's a little bit like whether you know whether you can make a right turn on red or a stop here and a something there and who you, knows what. Well, you, yeah. you, can't, you can't do that either, actually. <laughs> right. It's right on left, if anything. <laughs> right. Okay. What about things like auto? We do um, two different ways. We can deduct it by the miles. So we say we keep a log, literally a handwritten log or something electronic, and it goes throughout the entire year. A salesman in particular would do that, for example, and then submit that to the office and we would reimburse them at mm-hmm. I think at this point the rate in the US is 55 cents per mile used for business mm-hmm. but they can't do the miles from their residence to the office but nice. if they go from their residence to the first meeting and mm-hmm. then the meeting to the office then the whole thing is deductible I think you have to wonder sometimes who actually makes up these rules which, yes uh, and I'm not sure anymore <laughs> whether those meetings to the office is deductible anymore I well, mean uh, that was a couple of years I, ago I'm sure this, this is a job for someone in there somewhere but, yeah there is but, oh yes <laughs> in, in the UK at least anyway the, uh, the first 10,000 miles of travel you do in a, in a tax year mm-hmm. and the tax year in the UK is April the 6th to April the 5th but the first 10,000 miles in that tax year, you uh, are allowed to pay up to 45p a okay. mile, which I know is a bit of an obscure number, but it just happens to be the rule. After those 10,000 miles, it's actually a, there's a limit of 25p a mile, I think it is right now. Okay, so but you have a double status, uh, 10,000 miles, and then you pay, get paid less. Well, that's right. See, 10,000 okay. 10, miles, of course, is only roughly 850 miles a month. So that's not an enormous amount of mileage for someone no, actually doing not, business travel. Just, um, yeah. And other, other things to be careful on than that are, are very much logging who you've been to see and, and why you've been to see them. That's the sort of thing the Inland Revenue will want to look at in, in some okay. detail. So technically we're supposed to write, uh, well, where we went is on the receipt, but who we saw, a company, mm-hmm. 
perhaps you would put the name of the person inside the company, unless mm-hmm. it's a small company, then you kind of know who it is, and that's fine. You could produce that person again mm-hmm. in the event that you needed to. Mm-hmm. And I think we're supposed to write what we talked about. But the enforcement is fairly light. If you say what company it was, then, again, you might recall exactly what the conversation was. But you don't have to be super detailed. I mean, you, you know, they know. You're a client. You're either closing a deal or you were discussing the job or you were finishing up the job and you're, you're done. One or the other. Well, you know? Interestingly, this isn't actually enshrined in law anywhere as such, but the onus of proof is absolutely on the company to provide proof that, that something was a business meeting. Oh, rather I think than it's the same travel. with us, yeah. Now, you can draw your own conclusions as to what actually constitutes proof in that situation. Uh-huh. But my advice to anyone listening would be to absolutely err on the side of caution. Yeah. So here in the UK, you'd have to write the name of the company, the name of the person, uh, uh, the subject. How deep it, would you get into this discussion of this subject of well, this thing? If you get caught out and you haven't done this, they'll come after you for this information mm-hmm. for the rest of time. And a lot of the the, um, the work that, that we do as a company is to make sure that when we do have people coming and looking through our, through our records, which we obviously do from time to time, uh, is to make sure they've gone away with enough information such that they don't want to come back and look at our books every five minutes. Gotcha. And, and, and so, that's the problem companies will face coming over. So that's what V-sub dubs, basically. If I decide I want to move from the U.S. to the U.K., and I say, uh, go get me a salesman, he works for you, not for me, right? Yeah. Okay. And that way, all of that's tended to. And then how, what else would you manage in terms of the taxes for my kind of company? I'll tell you what. We're going to take one more break. When we get back, Tell us what it is that you would actually manage in terms of taxes for companies trying to do business in UK, Australia, or Western Europe. Stay music with Michael Clark of Virtual Subsidiary. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO coach right after this. As you know, being an expert at f- <gasps> What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f- Whoa. You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level. The language. Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. 
Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Start your search engine and send your servers into overdrive. It's WebmasterRadio.fm steering you into the winner's circle. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And welcome back. I'm here with Michael Clark of Virtual Subsidiary. Thanks for coming with us, Michael. Thank you. Okay, so... I think well, we, during the break, we were talking about the fact that many companies come over here to the UK in particular and, and into uh, Western Europe, etc., and they kind of ignore all of these tax issues until they get bumped in the face with it. Um, do they try and bring their own folks over, or are they hiring local folks? How do most people stumble around? I'm curious. Well, it's a perfect question, and uh, I guess there are three ways of actually dealing with um, taxation issues if you're a, a foreign company coming to the UK. Uh, and the first option, which is probably the most popular way of doing it, is just to ignore them. Um, and as you say, they, they raise their ugly head after you've been in operation for a year or so, and uh, you certainly get nasty questions from the, the various authorities that will uh, will come and ask you all sorts of questions, which you may not be in a position to actually answer as well. So who knows what happens in, a, in an international expansion sometimes if you, if you can't see what's going on. So. Um, Do you still throw people in debtor's prison, you know? Uh, no, they stopped doing that a long time ago. It's, oh, a good deal, because, you know, I think we had a war over that. <laughs> well, when Australia were independent, they stopped doing that. They stopped taking oh, good. Um, but, uh, the first I'm, I'm so sorry. Okay. So, uh, what you're saying, though, is that... Uh, when they come over here, they do stumble around, and yeah. you manage that sort of thing. So give us a list of the stuff that you would manage. I mean, what would we be looking at? Well, I mean, just, just before I, I come on to that point, I mean, another way of handling these problems would be to actually talk to a, a big four accounting firm as, as, you know, they'll have all sorts of representatives over in the U.S. Oh, That's, yeah. That said, right. that is going to cost you a lot of money, and those guys don't come cheaper as, as everyone who's listening is probably well aware of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another alternative is... Well, essentially you're talking about folks like Deloitte and Touche. Yes. Okay. Yes. They're, they're not cheap, obviously. Obviously, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and their fee structures and work they do for you will be set up in such a way that they will uh, throw all sorts of fear, uncertainty and doubt your way so that you don't really know which way's up. Mm-hmm. And that's just obviously a way of extracting more fees from you as well. So do be careful if you come across that situation. Well, that's please. a fairly strong diatribe, and I appreciate well, your letting our folks know. It's, it's, it's a fact. Um, okay. So, so the structure of my company, how it works, is that we take care of those main business taxes for people as well, such that in short, they don't actually have to worry about it. Okay, but wait a minute. I'm going to be selling, let's say... Let's say it was SEO, Moz, and we mm. have a SaaS-delivered service. Yeah. So it's not a hard product, mm-hmm. right? But somebody here is going to be encouraging other companies to sign up as a subscriber, mm-hmm. and they would do that work and so on. How does that get taxed well, in UK, EU, well, and so on? Yeah, I mean, at this point, these folks are just signing up on their own, and we're managing it through... U.S. taxes. Indeed. Well, generally, we're collecting it there, of course. Yeah. So, generally speaking, having a salesperson in a, in a locality mm-hmm. generates what's called a taxable presence, which means you have to register for all the various taxes that, uh, that you're subject to. Um, within our structure, though, the, the substance of the, of the form is, is one where, where we actually make our money is actually on selling stuff anyway. So, by taking commission or bonus on those sales, um, the, the, tax, the tax that's um, would be liable to you for, um, you know, if you would set up a company over here. Uh, is actually um, 
consumed within our own structure. So our own profits as our, of our company, um, based on the sales we actually do, are the profits that you would ordinarily otherwise pay. I understand. Okay. So if I had hard product, for example, yeah. then the hard product each time would incur some kind of a sales tax as it went through, and that you would kind of incorporate into the cost of whatever I'm doing with you. Well, f- physical products on their import into the UK mm-hmm. actually usually carry a duty, and that duty is usually oh. import VAT, as it's called. Do you manage that we, for me and say that's yes. what you'll have to pay, and then you kind of yeah. So do you kind of audit it, or you just trust them every time? If a duty bill comes in, can I say, oh, that's it, gospel truth, or, gee, maybe I should negotiate this because I don't think it's right? Well, no, I mean, the, the tax is very regular on that, and we know what the products are because we're, okay. we're aware, of, well, we've sold the products in the first place, so we know what's actually happened, okay. and obviously we're in close coordination with our so clients as well. here, do I pay, I'm just curious, uh, do I pay duty on something, let's say I'm going to sell, I don't know, uh, glasses for a, you know, a, a table. So I, I import these, um, you know, drinking glasses yeah. into the UK. Do I pay the duty on the wholesale cost of them, or do I pay the duty on their, I don't know, what I paid for them in the states, or it's the, it's, or it, do I pay on the retail cost on, that I expect to sell them for? It's on the value ascribed to them when they actually come into the country. When I say come into so, the country, yeah. when I say come into the country, it's actually within the European Union. So, for example, if you um, imported a whole load of products, whatever they might be, into Germany, mm-hmm. uh, on their subsequent import into the UK, there'd be no tax payable in the UK. Okay. You paid at the port of entry. But, so I'm paying at the port of entry and the retail value of it or the wholesale value of it? Uh, the value that's actually the value that's given on the shipping documentation that goes with it. So as we, we define that value in the States before we send it out on this shipping document? Yeah, and actually that's okay. a, in that sort of situation, it tends to be, virtual subsidiary tends to buy it from our clients. Okay, so, so, so it would so have been wholesale, so essentially, right? Uh, sorry, I yeah. realized So it's our purchase price, and obviously then it's yeah. sold on to the, to the customer, whatever. Right, so it, essentially that becomes wholesale, right? Because yeah. kind of, we make that agreement along the way. I'm just curious as to how that would work. Okay. Well, it's only, the, the, the VAT on import is actually only on physical products. Software, as it happens, isn't classified as a physical product. Mm-hmm. So there's no import duties on, on software, largely because obviously it's not actually shipped on a, it's not actually physically shipped as such. It used to be in the past on discs and CDs and so on, mm-hmm. but nowadays, of course, it's so downloaded. Most of the people listening today are doing consulting work. Uh, they do search marketing consulting or affiliate uh, consulting and so on. And so they, again, sell a service, uh, a little bit, I guess, like software as a service, but they sell a service. Okay. How does that get? Well, consulting isn't like VAT as such on, on okay. import. However, if you have an entity over here and you establish as a limited company or whichever vehicle you're using, uh, when you charge your clients, if you're over a certain threshold, which is it's roughly £60,000 a year, I think, you have to charge VAT to your uh, UK customers. Uh, that's the general rule. There are various specific um, idiosyncrasies from there as well where you don't charge mm-hmm. VAT and sometimes you do. So okay. So if I use a salesperson in your office, yeah. well, then it wouldn't be considered my office and I wouldn't be... That's right. to that limitation? No, no. Even. So, so okay. in certain situations, we would bill the clients directly ourselves because mm-hmm. um, it does happen quite frequently that UK customers um, require a UK entity to bill them, particularly if they're a public sector company. It's a bit of a strange anomaly, but it, but it happens. Um, so in that situation, we bill uh, with VAT. Excellent. And then we can claim the VAT back on our purchases as well. Okay. So that's, that's quite a clear distinction. Really. So we've got a minute or two left. Um, any last thoughts for the readers and how do they reach you? Well, uh, they can go to our website, which is www.v-sub.com. Okay, um, www.v-sub.com. 
hyphen sub.com. So V like Victor or virtual. V dash sub, you say. V sub, right. Um, okay. If you're, if you're listening here and you're actually considering some sort of international expansion, uh, even if you don't want to use us, please do feel free to talk to us. There's no obligation by talking to us. We don't charge you for talking to us. Well, that's can, a good thing. Well, <laughs> so, what we'll questions if, if, if you're if, happy to answer? I if, appreciate if you, that. If you have general questions, uh-huh. but, uh, but uh, we can save you a whole lot of pain and we've, we've served. I think over 50 companies directly on this and probably consulted on, uh, well, I should know exactly, but I think it's well over 100 by now as well. So we have at least 10,000 end-user companies who've bought products through us over the last six years and and customer lists in in the hundreds of thousands across Europe now. So you do know something about it. So please do ask us if you have any questions. Okay, so you can reach Michael at Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, dot Clark, and that's C-L-A-R-K-E, there's an E at the end of it, at v-sub.com. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm or through iTunes. This is Jillian Music. Till next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.